NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. Not only do we love this man for the keenness of his eyes, <laughs> the strength of his arms and the warmth of his heart, but he also got the Aussies a fucking win yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. And that provided the rest of us here in Australia a brief bit of happiness from our other eyes, locked down, sad, pathetic lives. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but you did keep the, you know, the, the wolves of public opinion away from the Aussie men just for a couple of days, sure. Papi. So it's with uh, great love, great respect that we welcome you back to the great cricketer, Marcus Papi Stoinis. G'day. Hey, guys. Long-time supporter, long-time friend of you guys. <laughs> Um, thanks for your support. Love you. <laughs> sort of sound like you're signing off there. Um, all right. Yeah, that, that, a nice way to start, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you're <story. laughs> let, let, uh, We're recording. So, just so for, for people listening, we're recording a couple of days after the South Africa game. You're a few days away from the Sri Lankan game. So, we're going to talk about South Africa. So, you're going You're going to bat here. The team's lost five poles, Papi. You need 24 off 16. Norkia Rabada still have to bowl. Um, no one's gone at a run of ball all innings. They've left you 24 of 16 here. And, and this is where you're meant to go, I don't, you know, as a professional sportsman, I just trust my process, uh, you know, uh, and I'm a human automaton without any feelings. Um, but, like, is, is that true? You know, did you get it done for the nation off the back of being a robot? Uh, or was it more sort of Greek-Australian true passion? Run, run us through your thoughts when you came out. Um, all right. Honesty then. All right. I'm walking out there. Can we swear on this show? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm thinking, come on here, you fucking rooster. <laughs> this is your. <laughs> going. So I walked out there like a peacock. Um, went to the non-strikers end. I asked Maxie what's going on. He said, bit of spin, bit up and down. Haven't faced them too much, so just good luck. And Maxi reverse sweat and got out. <laughs> I thought, fuck that hell. Now I'm out here by my fucking... <laughs> I haven't faced the ball. Wadey comes out. Wadey's like, what's going on? And I go, I don't know, mate. I haven't faced the ball. Maxi didn't give me much. <laughs> I'm breathing heavily. Almost like, <laughs> anyway, so then Wadey comes out. No, pretty much from there, the, the thing was we um, we knew what was coming. So we knew we had an over of Rabada, an over of Nokia, uh, or two, two from him, and we were probably going to target um, whoever was left to bowl, so Pretorius. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so 
from there, the over, I think that Rabada bowled when I first came out there. We weren't expecting him to bowl. We were expecting him to be saved to the end. Um, and I wasn't really ready to take a risk in that over anyway. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to pad these back, try and get a two in some of the gaps and whatever. Um, and Wadey was pretty confident that if they bowled pace on, he was going to try and lap one. So I was like, I'll, I'll try and hit a two or a single and Wadey's going to take a risk there. Um, and so that probably worked into our favour a little bit. And then by the time that the game got a bit deeper, we were both ready to actually have a proper swing at it. And, um, and yeah, so when it went all right. I like the high-end analytics of like you asking your batting partner, Glenn Maxwell, what's happening. He's like, a bit of spin. Mm. Um, <laughs> just, which actually would have been, it could have been worse. If you went out there with, uh, with Smudger batting, uh, batting, he probably would have said bit of sun. Yeah, um, well, there's <laughs> the main tanner. There's the main tanner, indeed. Yeah. Main tanner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bit going bit on. Yeah, bit of sun. Um, <laughs> Stoyner, I've got a scenario for you because I noticed in that last dive where you're batting with Wadey, um, you left, he left it to you or, or you sort of took the, uh, the impetus to, you know, score the runs off the final over. You didn't take the single off the third last ball. So let me give – I want to run you through a scenario, a fictional scenario. It's four to win. It's two balls remaining in this fictional game against Mars. There's a length ball bowled. You play and miss. The non-striker calls you through for a run, but you send them back. Then they run out. Okay? So who is the best batsman, dead or alive, that you would send back to run out so you face the last ball because you back yourself more than the best. Who's the best batsman dead or alive that you back yourself more than? Would you send Bradman back? Mm. I'd send Punter back. Fuck. Wow. That's big. Yeah. Because, um, like, he's a timer of the cricket ball. And in times of, times of strength, um, where strength's needed and times of um, where it's like life or death, me or you. Um, and like people think he's tough, but I've spent a lot of time with him. Um, he's actually quite mentally fragile. Um, <laughs> I, if that gets back to him, that's going to... No one watches this. Do you want a headline for the... For Ricky Ponting, mentally fragile. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, Ricky. Rick, I'd, I'd let you face, mate. I'm kidding. You can face me. Jesus. Jesus. You guys bring this out of me. Uh, <laughs> just gave you a normal scenario. Yeah, no, it's kind of a normal scenario. Yeah, exactly. Well, Steiner, it's something we talk like a great cricket phenomenon often is, uh, you know, performing at the like lower end of the order when everyone above you hasn't really done the job. And, and I... Like I maintain, yes, you can say, oh, well, Smith anchored the innings. You got it, you know, you were able to, they put you in a position to finish it off. But, uh, you know, 37 overs, no one was able to go up more than run a ball. You have to come in, strike at 150 and get the job done. So I just want to know how smug did you and Wadey feel going back into the change rooms, given that the guys <laughs> left you with so much work to do? You know what? You walk into those situations and it's perfect because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I feel like I'm just talking to you guys, and this is just our humour. But then I realise, no, this is actually going to go out there. Don't <laughs> relax, Stoino. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, nah. Look, I don't even know how to say anything that won't come across like I'm the biggest buffoon. Um, Fair enough. This is this is just a private Zoom call okay, between mates. I'll, I'll ask you a question that's um, a little bit more sort of serious or earnest then, just to get it back on track for you because I know you're worried about headlines and shit. 
because um, you're just in the middle of a World Cup tournament yeah. and you don't really need it for the team or anything like that. But you could get a laugh out of it. Now, <laughs> when you when you win the you've, you've won the game for the nation and and weighty as well. But let's you sent him back uh, and you yeah. finished that off, yeah, so yeah, you outfit yeah. him. Um, how do you how do you balance the enjoyment? I can't help it. I'm sorry. How do you balance the enjoyment of getting like a World Cup win for your country versus knowing that there's still the rest of the tournament to be played. It could, everything can be so volatile. You can be so up, so down. So how do you – and, you know, you are a rooster. I know you talk to yourself like that. Like, surely there's part of you like, I, be, I should enjoy this, this win for the country in and of itself, but also I'm sure you'd have big plans for the rest of the tournament and you want to make a massive mark. Like, how do you balance those two things mentally? Like, you know, enjoy the win but also look forward. Yeah, I think um – if we're answering honestly, as sportsmen, you just um, – you don't enjoy – like you, there's a split second of emotion that mm. comes out, but then you just go – like the game's so hard and we play so often and mm. you know that um, there's so many ups and downs that you just you just move on pretty quickly. It's, it is nice. It's, you'd much prefer start a tournament that way for the team as, with a win mm. than have the demons leading into the next couple of games or whatever it is. Um but yeah, and and the reason that we talk with such cliche about process and all that sort of stuff is because the results change so much that if you judge yourself on every performance, you're actually just no chance. So you got to just almost say, was what I was trying to do the right thing? Um, would I have done it the same way again? And then if it worked, it didn't work. At least that's sort of that's the final product. But you sort of wipe your hands of that sort of thing. Um, but Wadey, you guys, you guys think you were excited. You would have loved being out there with Wadey. The way he, he's he's my favourite. You should hear him talking. I'm coming back for two, big fella. I'm running. I'll come. I'll turn and I'm coming back, big fella. And, and they're changing the field. The field's going everywhere. They're nervous. They're calm. And I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> It's humour. It is humour. That's great. Oh, Jesus. Um, We're fun. You're so right, Stoney, that you, I mean, you guys play so much and so often. Like, I mean, because we're, we're, this is our job. We cover, like, you know, so many games ourselves and there's there's just so much cricket all the time, but especially because of COVID and, like, the pack schedule and all that kind of stuff. But, like, in the in a World Cup where, you know, if you're lucky, if you're a lucky athlete, you'd be playing maybe two World Cups. Some guys only play one World Cup. So it's a very intense time. But, like, do you watch every game or is it just like, no, nah, I'm just going to catch up on squid game tonight. Or is it just all the boys piling into Finchie's room and get some pieces, yeah. uh, pizzas, it's dissect, you know, the power plays or, you know, or do you just sort of like separate yourself from Namibia, Scotland, for instance? Yeah. So Eng- England, Bangladesh tonight, you'll all be gathered around sort yeah. of arm in arm, sitting yeah. down watching it, you know, like <laughs> who's going to bowl the chop out over that sort of stuff. <laughs> Speaking of, have you guys watched squid games? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, yeah. I've only watched two apps, but I'm not going to watch the rest. He's just if, if you're just listening, he's walked off. He's coming back. Is that not <laughs> the squid game's pillows in here, mate? Love it. Love it. You just described that for those who are listening through the years. Um, yeah. Stein has just uh, put a red squared pillow over his face, like he was one of the managers from Squid Game. Um, <laughs> And who's in the firing line? Ashton Agar? I'm not sure. Mm. <laughs> Shit. No, don't talk about Ashton. Mm. We've got his back in here. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'd, hell yeah. I'd, 
I like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, you're going what on. We talk, what we Do we have a question? I forgot. Uh, do, do Squid you, game. Do, do you watch every game? Uh, no, personally, I don't. I no. try not to watch really anything. Because um, like you said, it's so intense. There's so much going on. We know how important it is. Um, we do our homework on each team, but then outside of that, I'm not. I don't want um, my whole trip to be sort of use all my energy on, yeah. on watching everyone's games and that sort of stuff. Um, so as a group of us, we've just made sure that at the end of the day, we leave this World Cup and we look back on it and we're like, that was the best time of our lives, mm. and hopefully we've won a World Cup to go with that. Mm. We talked to Steve Smith yesterday, Papi. Uh, you know, there's Did been you? yeah, 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 the yeah. secondary Tanner. But that was sort of through. <laughs> that was through the like the official Australian media. Like this was just a DM to you, so a little bit of a different setup. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's in the polo. Not and, a, yeah, he, he doesn't check his DMs. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but um, you know, like there's been a bit. There's been a bit said about like uh, ways that like JL will be flexible in camp. You know, like after a little bit of feedback from people, and we talked to Steve Smith yesterday, and he was like, yeah. And, he, and to be fair, he has been, um, and it is a lot more chilled. And, like, I, I, but my question isn't sort of, you know, how chilled is it? It's more like I'm sort of keen to know about other coaches, like like Ronnie McDonald and Jeff Vaughan and, and Michael Divinudo. Like, they're meant to be getting a bit more responsibility. Like, are they sort of coming into their own a little bit? You're getting a bit of that Ronnie influence. What is that? Like, when we see Ronald McDonald, all we see is his hair and the deepest baritone voice of all time that you just want to listen to. But what, what's he like? I, I said the same thing. I see hair, head, hair, <laughs> massive. His head is ridiculously big, ridiculous. And I've got a big head and I look at his head. It is the biggest rock I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, but Ron, yeah, Ron's coming into his own. Ron's got, uh, obviously he coached Victoria, so he's got a, a relationship with a lot of the players as well. Um, deeper, his voice is getting deeper. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there has been more responsibility sort of transferred onto the assistant coaches, the batting coach and all that sort of stuff. So um, Div is a really good man. Um, I haven't had to, I haven't spent spent too much time with him in the past because he was with the Australian team in the, in the past. Um, but, no, he's, he's a good man and he knows his stuff. Um, he's seen a lot of 2020 cricket. Um, so, yeah, there's a bit more of a um, sharing of the responsibility, I guess, which is um, – which has been good. The mood, the mood in the in the camp's really good. Everyone's having a lot of fun, um, and we've probably gotten rid of a bit of the structure. And um, like I was saying, in terms of watching all the games in this tournament, um, my learnings from the past World Cup was, um, yeah, just you, you can't get too intense and use too much energy um, outside of the games because then by the time you get in there, you're you're sort of already cooked. Wait. Are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Mm. Can, I, can I just on the question of um, sorry to jump in like of you know the teams having heaps of fun like 
you know, what does fun look like in the Australian cricket team? Like, because because I've seen your Insta pictures and stuff. Like, you like you you like to have a bit of fun in the WA circuit, you know, out there in mm. Perth with your mates and stuff mm. like that from school. Like, you know, how does fun with the Aussie boys look? Like, is it actually funny, or have you only got like two or three mates in the team and everyone's a bit like, uh, I'll just pretend I'm having fun with you, <laughs> but that's all good. I got to do that for my job. <laughs> Oh, there's been times of that, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but at the moment, what we've been doing is we're playing heaps of golf, and oh, there's yeah. it's 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 interesting because um, there's a few of us where our humour is quite um, direct, and um, it can be interpreted in a way that um, you would not think we are friends. Yeah, that feedback my life. But that's my friends. My that's that's how I treat my mates. You know your mates if I'm bringing you down. You know, yeah, yeah. Because really, at the end of the day, there is like we all know there is room for only one big dog, Um, (laughs) and I need to make that. Um, you know, and Ash Agar said he's actually said the other day he was like, "You are." the biggest dickhead that I've ever met. And you're actually so good at it. I don't know how you – I beat him in every conversation, every argument, every shot on the golf golf course, every time we've been playing a few card games and stuff. Yeah, I'm – I can get in their head so easy, mate. And that's my – but that's – look, that's my humour. It's a gift. Mm. <laughs> I don't even know if I answered any questions. No, that's no, good. No, well, you, you, you switched into a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Papi, I'm going to give you a compliment now um, just, just, to, just to sort of build you up a bit because you feel like a bit of a shy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, you've, you've played for Australia now 64 times in all in white ball cricket, obviously. I mean, like, guys guys look up to you in the team and, and you, well, you seem from the outside anyway extremely popular in world cricket. I know you've travelled around so much with the game itself, but, like, I, anyway, they look up to you because you're a nice guy, and you bring you bring guys together. You know, you're a connector of people from different um, different backgrounds, different um, you know social environments and stuff. You, you're sort of a glue in the team, and I wonder how you see if you see yourself as a leader in the Australian team. You've obviously played enough games, and all that. You, I mean, you've won multiple games now for Australia by yourself, just about. And there's obviously more to being a leader than like giving the team talk or moving the field or you know telling uh, you know Finchie to put a slip in or, or whatever. You're like there's more to that than being there's more to, to being a leader than those things. I mean, do you see yourself as a leader? Because from the outside, I see you as like one of the most important cogs because you bring everyone together. But how do you see that? Um, that's a nice compliment. So thanks. Um, no, not really. But I, I pretty, I, I pretty much. Um, probably through through the journey of, of being dropped and coming back into the team and outside all that sort of stuff. Um, and even just, just regardless, I've just learned that um, the way I am going to be as a person is not going to change regardless of where anyone gives you a contract, doesn't give you a contract, mm. picks you in the team, doesn't pick you in the team, puts you where they bat you in the batting lineup or whatever it is. Um so one of the biggest turning points for me has just been to really you have to value yourself and what you're bringing and don't let anyone else sort of dictate that and tell you how to feel. And we get that a lot in professional sport, whether it's from media or whether it's from your recent performance or whether it's from selection or coaches and that sort of stuff. So so pretty much like while I'm here, all I want to do is I want to figure out how I can be the best cricketer I can be how I can 
have as much fun as I can have and make people around me either have fun or become better cricketers. Um, sorry, have I just lost you? No, no there you're you back, are. There you are. Um, yeah. Um, so pretty much my filter is how can I help someone be happy or how can I help them be a better player? Um, and through understanding them individually, that's just sort of um, – I'm very lucky. I know we're getting serious. I'm very lucky with my family background and that sort of stuff mm. that um, they were very good at nurturing me as a person and making me feel good and supporting me and that sort of stuff. So I know how I would want to be treated and I can sort of – I feel like I can identify that in other people. So I try to just um, – I think everyone, everyone in general um, wants to belong to something. So wants to belong to in their group or in their team or all that sort of stuff. So um, really, that's the main question that I ask myself and how I can help that. Mm. Mm. I just want to, just to follow on from that story, and um, I sort of had a long question, but I couldn't be bothered reading it all out. Like, it, it seems like you've gone through a bit of an evolution or two, you know, because we've had like, and, and you, you, you sort of add to this and, and amplify this, but you've, you know, you're the new kid on the block, killing it. Then you're, you're the chest and bench king, rig guy, you know, <laughs> bit stoin and all of that. But there's, there's always been a bit of wisdom and intelligence kind of sitting underneath. Like, could, could you describe to us perhaps the how different Marcus Stoinis is, you know, to the young pro cricketer that you were when you first entered the scene? You know, is it cricket that has shaped a lot of that change or have you not changed that much? Um. Yeah, I think I think moving away from home changed a lot of that. I think um, I was lucky; like, I went to a went to a great school. I got a great group of mates from school. Um, the best part, my the luckiest part of my life was my family. Um, I've always been probably a deep thinker, but um, probably learned the difference between thinking a lot or thinking deeply. You know, like there's a there's a difference there from just always like you know. Um, uh, a lot of self-reflection, I guess, obviously from losing dad. Um, and then that pretty much losing someone so important to you means you've got to figure out how to find and, and fill that sort of gap in either how you treat yourself and how you talk to yourself, um, which then in turn helps you figure out how to talk to other people and make other people feel so. Um, yeah, that's my journey, I guess. Um, I'm very lucky because I've got very, very close mates and most of that comes from speaking like this and then that allows us to be absolute buffoons with each other and speak the shit that we speak and take the piss out of each other because we know there's a, there's a massive underlying um, respect for each other or support and all that sort of stuff. So um, I, don't, I think it's just experience that's probably shaped me in the end. We're sort of uh, we're sort of talking about like connection and, and bringing people together from from all parts and and obviously that's one of the great things about the IPL and I just saw the other day that uh, you were doing some you were doing some coffee stuff uh, for Delhi and like Rishabh's in your hotel room I think and I wonder if like um like how does a Stoinis Piccolo go in the UAE I presume you're making the stuff we've obviously seen the Love Cafe with Zamps in the past you know does does anyone does anyone else get like Australia's coffee like wankery like does does Unric Nokia pop into Stoin and just get a nice little you know skim latte or something. They all pop in. Don't worry, they pop in because it's free. <laughs> <laughs> These tired asses. <laughs> no, yeah, no, the boys all come in. Um, like you said, that's one of the best things of IPL. It's been the best thing for – it's it's honestly probably been the best thing for my cricket is the IPL. Um, 
and the people you get to talk to, the people that come through your room to, to have a coffee and all that sort of stuff. Um, and that when, when you've got that respect for people, you realize how good people are at the things that they do. So like talking to Rishab about what he does, like you, there's no flutes there with, with these people. And, um, I remember we played against Mumbai. I made sure I went and spoke to Rohit. We played against um, Chennai and after the game I sat down and because I, I know uh, obviously Flem as the coach, so he organised, I sat down with MS. And you're like, as soon as you sort of put your own little ego away or whatever and you start to be willing to ask some questions and to get feedback and get other people's perspectives, it's you can't, we, otherwise we, we wouldn't be able to talk to these people if we're in our mm. bubble in Australia and you put the guard up and you think mm. that you know everything sort of thing. So, no, like, yeah, that is by far the, the best part of the IPL. So when, you, when you're talking to MS, is he asking you about sort of incline, supersets, yeah. uh, you know, chest flies? Like, what, what are yeah. we looking at? I presume MS was asking you questions, not yeah. the other way around. Well, yeah, that's actually how it started. He said, he said to Flem, can you organise a meeting with Stoin? Um, <laughs> I'd like to ask about his gym routine um, <laughs> and his haircuts. <laughs> MS, sort your haircuts out, MS. <laughs> so you just like, speaks beautifully about putting your ego away. <laughs> you yeah, yeah Flynn actually talk about well. Actually. <laughs> can we can we ask you though, like what what did yeah, you what actually, did MS Doney what did you actually talk to about you? to MS Doney? Yeah, that's repeatable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so we spoke about training. We spoke about um, how his belief on. Um, Work on your weakness as long as it's not taking anything away from your strength. Mm. Um, so he spoke about like you. So a lot of coaches will will be asking you to work on things, and um, a lot of the time you might work on the short ball, but then you start missing the full ball, for example, or whatever it is. And he sort of just said like you pull the shirt one way, you'll go further this way, but you'll take something from this side, sort of thing. Mm. Um, which was really a really nice filter for me for training. Um, he spoke about his routine while, while he's walking onto the ground. He spoke about um, how he assesses the situation, who he's got behind him, um, how many overs are left, all that sort of stuff. Uh, he said the main thing for him was how he controls his breathing and his heart rate, and that's what he focuses on to allow him to access his skills because he trusts himself that he's done the work. Um, he spoke about his belief of um, the difference in terms of he was actually very honest with me. He, un- he understood me very well and he, under- and he sort of said how they would try to bowl to me and how he tries to set fields to me, um, mm. which was both a compliment, but also it was like a, what's it called? Like a <laughs> that little, that little dig, but compliment, a compliment yeah, and yeah. I had to figure out which way to take it and yeah. I'm taking it as a compliment. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stoin comes to the crease, three slips, two gullies. Yeah, that's right. That yeah. pad. Yeah. Just a bit weak off the hip there. Yeah. Just if you bowl there. Um, it was very interesting. He did say that he, he – yeah, I think I can say this. He said, like, um, it's very obvious that some people want to take responsibility and see something to the end, whereas some people are willing to take the risk early um, to, to sort of either try and get ahead of the game or walk off. And he goes, and he identifies that within the team. So he knows, like for me, yeah. early, I'm usually tr- trying to get there to, towards the end. So he's just squeezing me at the start until he gets an idea that he goes, all right, now he's ready to go. I'm going to I'm gonna move him back sort of thing. Um, whereas other guys, he won't do that because he's like, I know they're going to try and hit it at the start. So I'm going to let them either win the game or get out. 
sort of thing. So, mm. um, and then he sort of spoke about his philosophy on that and what he tries to do. Um, yeah, so it was really interesting. Fuck, oh, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, Stoy, you, you would have just because this sort of came out as news yesterday. You would obviously noticed the Quinton de Cox stuff and, and his unavailability for South Africa last night. I was going to. I sort of want to be sensitive about this question to you uh, and ask the right question about it, and I hope this is, but when it comes to something like Black Lives Matter or a political movement or something, like, how have you personally found the process of navigating your own views, overlapping them with the personal views of others in your team, whichever team that is, then finding common ground as a team and then hmm. trying to assess the temperature of your country or the world um, and I don't mm. say that to try and take, you know, ease or put pressure on Quinton Cock or anything. Just more, just the, the experience of you having to personally navigate that because you're a person with your own values and you have a life outside of cricket. Um, what what what's been your experience having to work through that? Yeah, it is it is it is hard. Um, I haven't read too much about Quinton's situation and what and what he sort enough. of said about it, um, but. I mean, the way I see it is I, I, like, I, I support those views. Like I support the movement. I support the, that Black Lives Matter. I support that. Whether the, the, the other conversation could be yes, but then there's this issue. Do we support that? Do we need to make a stand for that? And then there's this issue. Do we need to make a stand for that? And it's like I, under, I do understand that as well. Like where do we, as sportsmen, like which which part do we sort of, um, have to stand up for and that sort of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think, to me personally, it, it is important, um, and it's something that we do. And it's there's no negative to it in my in my mind, so sort of thing. So that's that's the way I see it. Um, mm. And uh, it is always um, all these types of things are going to be controversial to an extent with different views around the world and people thinking different things. Um, but yeah, in, in my mind, it's, it's a, it's just an easy answer for me to do what I believe is the right thing. And, um, but yeah, there's a lot to navigate and they're never, they're never easy. Yeah, of course. Especially when you're in the public eye that no, I mean, no one's, you never asked to become like a spokesperson for any of this, but you know, but you sort of put in the spotlight in this situation. I, I just want to ask you Stein, like, like how have how have the last like two years been for you? I mean, like because everyone's gone through COVID in their own way, whether they're a pro athlete or they work a desk job or you know a, a trade or whatever. Everyone's gone through something, right? And I mean, you're probably like in the prime years of your cricket career. You're only getting better, but you've been in bubbles. You've been away from home. You've been in India during the IPL when the Delta strain kicks off, and then it gets into the camp. And I'm sure that must have been scary and like. Um, you know, knowing you, what was going on with that. And then there's obviously been well-documented weird stuff going on with the Australian coach. And, and like, I mean, like, how do you, how do you look back on like the last couple of years in your own life experiencing all these things? Yeah, I think the more, um, the more chaos that there has been going on, the more I've just made sure I've tried to simplify my own, mm. my own situation, my own thoughts, my own life. Um, I really miss my family a lot. Mm. Um, I have, yeah, always, um, I think the, I'm not the only person that's ever lost someone. So like, that's, that's definitely, I, I know that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, I think the fact of 
probably feeling so um, at times so alone and so yeah. um, I'm missing my best mate and you need support and you and the person that you call and all that sort of stuff. I think because I've been going through that probably for the last three years leading to when dad passed and then the trauma of losing someone mm. and then now going through, say this, for example, this COVID period, mm. um, I'm like sort of used to it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just like, fuck, fuck, just like, I'm used to not seeing the people that I, that I care about and that sort of stuff. So um, I'm, I, I'm okay rolling with punches and that sort of stuff. There is um, a time limit, I guess, where I start to realise that, oh, it's time to get home and consolidate for a bit. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, you sort of got to, I guess, understand yourself and, and read what's happening in your own in your own mind and how you're feeling. Um, but I also realise that a lot of the stuff that goes on, none of it helps you to, to get absorbed in it and to think about it. And a lot of the stuff you can't fix, whether it's um, – whether it is COVID situation, whether it is bubbles, whether it is, like you said, dramas um, yeah. with Cricket Australia that are going on. Like you can't actually fix any of this yeah. and it only takes your energy away. Um, and at the end of the day, the biggest thing I've realised is you look after what happens in the middle of the pitch um, and simplify it as much as you can. It literally is just me and how I hit the ball in the middle and that seems to dictate most of the time, whether people even think you're a good bloke or anything, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. so what's wrong with that? Yeah. You can solve all problems by just focusing on that, really, which is a bit sometimes a bit sad, but it's also quite um, what's the word? At least, at least that's that's one thing you can control in your life. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, see ball, hit ball, <laughs> Papi. I know you've got to get to training. What a wide-ranging interview. Um, we always we always thank our guests for being so generous with their time, but I think especially so with you and for your answers as well. Uh, I think when it kicked off and you said, oh, okay, you want me to be honest and then told us about <laughs> Matt Wade and all that sort of stuff, like that's that's the great gear. We're so, uh, we're so thankful that you'd give that to us, and I know a lot of people will just find all of that extremely refreshing uh, to get, a you know, a feels like such an authentic insight into – you know, life at the top and uh, all we can do really is um, continue to do our live streams and um, barrack you home like you're a horse and uh, we'll just drink wine and fillet the microphone because everyone enjoys... The big everyone, the, <laughs> Pardon me. Don't misspeak. Don't misspeak. The, the big thoroughbred at Royal Ascot. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, bottom of our hearts, mate. Thank, thanks so much. Hope you, you know, hope it all goes well, whether you hit the ball in the middle or not. Obviously, it's just just a great bloke, regardless. But a better bloke if you do well. So, <laughs> guys, thanks so much. Love talking to you, boys. Appreciate it always. <laughs>